Hey there, parents. Has this ever happened to you? You want to introduce your children to the Emmy-nominated series Yellow Jackets about a bunch of teenagers whose plane crashes in the Alaskan wilderness, but you're worried that the violence or the swearing or the sexual content or Melanie Linsky's incredible beauty might be just a little too much for young minds and young eyes. Well, there's an alternative. Yellow Jackets Babies, also known as True Heart. Sometimes you wish upon a monkey's paw. <laughs> yeah, that happens to me all the time. I've done that <laughs> twice this week, and it's only Wednesday. Uh, we've been doing this show for seven seasons, and I have wished deeply that we would be able to do a horror film at some point. And I got my <laughs> wish. Uh, yes. It just <laughs> was fulfilled in a way uh, that makes me regret everything I've chosen to do with my life. Landon, let me let me <laughs> let me toss toss a plot twist out there. Like, okay, like the the sort that comes at the end of so many horror movies. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay, the, give me a shine. Shi- <laughs> give, give give you a shining. I, I couldn't I couldn't say his last name without saying M Night first. Oh, so give I me see. A M Night Shyamalan. I think that five years ago when we started this show, I think sometime around then is when you wished on the monkey's paw because. This isn't the first time this has happened where we watch some innocuous movie featuring an actor from the TV series Home Improvement, and then that movie tends to have a fuck ton of bear content that we were not <laughs> expecting. Like, this keeps happening to you. You are cursed. You keep getting this. I'm going to ask the hard-hitting question right out the gate before we even get into the title and the specs of this movie. What is it title. about the Home Improvement kids and the wilderness i don't know i don't <laughs> know but this a revelation that i had during this movie is that there 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 needs to be a movie or if there isn't we need to make one where zachary ty Bryan falls into a raging river and is rescued because it's happened to the other two boys uh we, if we i do mean a third do you mean tara noah smith did i i said zachary ty, i said i said <laughs> Yeah, because Zachary Ty Bryan does that in this movie. I thought you were just, I thought you were doing early goofers. I wasn't doing doing early goofers. Hang on, I'm sorry. We really have to re-record that bit because I meant Taryn Noah Smith and I said the wrong name. I'm sorry. Give me Are some you wait? No, 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 no. Laren is keeping a uh, money in the jar tab. I I don't want you taking money out of it. Okay, this is the point that I'm making. Okay, yes, yes. Zachary Ty Bryan has fallen in the river. Yes. Jonathan Taylor Thomas fallen in the river in in it's Wild true. America. Now we need to see Taryn Noah Smith, not I Zachary mean, Ty Bryan. We need to see Taryn Noah Smith fall in the river. If ZTB wants to do it again, he should. But Taryn Noah Smith <laughs> hasn't even done it once. I mean, he fell into a time portal in, uh, or a dimension portal in, uh, uh, oh my uh, god, what, what, what Magic was the Island? fucking name of that? Magic Island, thank you. Uh, okay, see, look, Landon forgets things and mixes things up, too. And, he, and we were all having a laugh at Truman. <laughs> when, he, when he pops out of the portal, doesn't he fall into he the falls water? In, he falls into an ocean. He doesn't fall into a river. It's a very okay, different okay. body of water it's to true, be in true. peril There's in. The, yeah, different motions. I get it. Now, the thing is, if we could get our hands on the elusive little Bigfoot 2, um, 
maybe it's possible that Taron Noah Smith is also in peril in a river in that movie and saved by the little Bigfoot. We don't okay. know. Shit, Landon, we actually, now we have to buy that copy off eBay because, yeah, you're, we have to watch the Home Improvement Boys Wilderness Trilogy to see if there's river accidents. So the, the DVD on uh, available on eBay is a, a uh, double feature DVD of... <laughs> Home Improvement Big Double Foot, Feature. <laughs> Bigfoot, The Unforgettable Journey with Zachary Ty Bryan and Little Bigfoot 2 <laughs> with Tara Noah Smith. And I'm not going to lie, I, I, Bigfoot, The Unforgettable Journey is one of my most cherished moments doing this podcast. So I'm not really opposed to one. buying it and, and you know, having a little fun night uh, <laughs> uh, watching it again. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that that movie was, I think, very enjoyable. I and had and that one I think had the least I think there was some bear content in it but it was the least bear content by far of the wilderness movies we've we've got True. I mean if memory serves me I had to blind my eyes at Bigfoot fighting a bear in that. Right. Yes. It just it, it kind of escalates really. I mean well do you think do you think that this movie which features this mo- the theme of this movie, uh, True Heart, which you can watch on Tubi, although you don't need to. We'll we'll explain. Uh, the theme of this movie is bears. Basically, it's just a it's a very bear oriented movie, perhaps more than any other movie we've seen in any other movie until The Revenant. Um, yeah, which uh, Re- The Revenant, a movie in which I fainted. <laughs> you should you shouldn't I've, have seen it, dude. It, I it wasn't that never... good of a movie. <laughs> I've never fainted in my life, and uh, I fainted at The Revenant. Um, I got to admit, and we're going to go into specs in a second here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I There's only – okay, so you know me. I love my commitment to movies. Yes. I will very rarely turn something off. I did not turn this movie off, uh, just like I did not turn off the movie Antichrist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, but, so, I mean, I thought that Willem Dafoe ejaculating blood was a weird uh, third act twist for True Heart to take, but I mean, they made it, they made it land. It's a competently made movie. Just like Antichrist, uh, in which I could not stand, uh, uh, physiologically stand watching the body mutilation that happens in that, and I, I don't even want to verbally say what happens if you don't already know uh yeah that'd be nuts if you said that uh just like that movie i had to distract myself <laughs> during true heart a pg made for tv movie i think uh, uh a canadian a canadian, canadian, canadian made TV? for tv movie the gentlest um, of films I, 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 d- I don't know that it's made for tv but it feels like it anyway just like antichrist true heart i had to distract myself by putting together furniture <laughs> True so I I put together a coffee table and a TV stand while watching or not watching big swaths of this movie. If Little Bigfoot 2 carries on this trend, we might have to you're going to run up a huge bill at IKEA just preparing yourself to watch a third <laughs> wilderness movie or a fourth wilderness oh. movie. Oh um, my god. This is again a film that DVD and Movie Guide said was perfect for family viewing. Um <laughs> I, I mean, look, okay, we, we can ask questions about that. Let's, let's go into, I want to just introduce people to the specs of this movie. Yes. Because I have questions. Um, True Heart uh, was, I guess, released in 1996, but I also read 1999 in other places, which we'll, we'll get into. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, stars Kirsten Dunst and mm-hmm. Zachary Ty Bryan, 
the pairing that we've all been clamoring for. Yeah, I, I know. Bogart uh, and Hepburn. Directed, written and directed by a um, director by the name of Catherine Siren. Yes. Uh, or Siran, maybe, um, who looks like she did a number of uh, interesting, like, erotic thrillers and then just well, uh, sidetracked directly into Hallmark movies. Were these, I'm sorry, were these erotic thrillers? Ooh, wait. Yeah, in the heat of passion. Okay, well, do, do you know Catherine Siren, who, who, of whom I am now a major fan, um, <laughs> like, she is... She worked for Roger Corman. She like is it was initially mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you do you know this? Are we going to talk about her bio later? No, I want to talk oh, well, about yeah. We, let's go into her. Uh, I, I I guess I'll just finish giving the specs of yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, um, so uh, I guess filmed in 1996 and maybe released at a film festival in 96, but had a, a wider release date uh, in 1999. Hence the major disparity in uh, Zachary Ty Bryan's. Um, I don't know, uh, teenage them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed a little, a little bit, a little more freckles than I remember basically. And, um, lastly, let's just do a a quick synopsis beyond just bear. Uh, what, what, what kind of happens here? And then let's get into the cast and crew. Uh, okay. So, uh, true heart is a movie about a brother and a sister twins who are, uh, being flown to meet their mother and stepfather, uh, in Vancouver, BC, their plane, their small plane, crashes in the middle of the Canadian wilderness, and uh, they then are helped by a uh, Canadian First Nations man, an indigenous guy, who uh, uh, has a special relationship with bears, and he uh, helps them uh, get to a logging camp uh, where they can find their parents and reunite with civilization, and in the process, uh, they tangle with some of the most needlessly psychotic poachers <laughs> in the world of like the isis of poachers these guys we're, we're really gonna news. dig into that yeah yeah the, uh, this movie really cranks it up to 11 in the third act this movie starts at 11 it, it, it goes to like i don't know by the the climax of this which like <laughs> I don't know how it got to where it gets to, but, like, it starts at 11, so you know that by the climax it's going to be at, like, a 21. It kind of turns into a Miami Vice episode at the very end, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't expect from a PG-rated children's film, an adventure (laughs) film. It's... Uh, okay, I wanted to quickly talk about Catherine Siren, who wrote this okay. movie and who directed this yeah. movie. I, I, yes. I, I think I think she's cool and I like her. Uh, I've cool. just read Why? like she she originally worked for the Royal Shakespeare Company, uh, yep. and then she worked in politics at the state level in Massachusetts. Went to Stanford Business School, and then basically moved to L.A. Started working with Roger Corman, make it just directing movies, and so she directed a bunch of you know kind of. Uh, you know, in the heat of passion, unfaithful yeah. kind of sexy stuff. <laughs> it but, was uh, uh, post New World. If you are a Corman fan, uh, Corman had his um, you know slate of young uh, ingenues and upcoming um, talent in the seventies uh, with like Joe Dante and and John um, or James Cameron and uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Jonathan Demi doing cool stuff, and then he built his Empire, which is New Empire record, uh, <laughs> New Empire, New World. Jesus Christ, New World yeah. Pictures, um, where he then produced kind of bigger 
uh, bigger budget stuff, but that went under and it transformed into doing these erotic thrillers in the uh, mid 90s. Yes. I would also quickly point out that Robert Town, who won an Academy Award for writing the movie Chinatown, also worked for Roger Corman for a while. It was sort of yeah. like a badge of honor for everyone uh, did at yeah. some point yeah yeah he's he's made I mean, hundreds Scors- of <laughs> one of scorsese's first movies is produced by roger corman so <laughs> yeah so to that to me is like so much more interesting than oh this person went to usc film or he was in skull and bones right. at yale it's like oh you made a roger corman movie oh was it about like <laughs> lesbian aliens cool um yeah. but so she she did that and then since then she's had just this really robust and continual career for the past you know 30 years or so writing and directing made for tv movies direct to video like uh, action films or weird little canadian uh uh wide release movies like true heart and i don't know i just i really i think that's really cool i think that she's had a really neat career and to just like she's just doing her own thing she seems to have a lot of creative control and she's just like a journeyman journey woman journey person director and i i don't know yeah. i'm and i, I I've, I've come to really appreciate uh directors like her yeah um the, the crafts people because it's it's uh i don't know I, I i get sick of talking about the auteur theory often because it is so predominantly white male uh centric that you know any film crew is a collaboration regardless of who's joint it is mm-hmm. um that i don't know i just i appreciate the the people who can like assemble a quality film like this film isn't bad necessarily no, uh, it's it's not it's it's it, very it, well made <laughs> yeah it it you know it doesn't transcend but like it's not something you can necessarily sit by and do a, a mystery sigh uh you know watch through I, yeah, no, exactly. I don't think that this would work on a mystery science theater type show because it's. I think that the the script isn't isn't great and it takes some some yeah. leaps. But at the same time, this movie is very like the, the locations are stunning, just absolutely beautiful, very well photographed. They're not faking any of this. They're really in the wilderness. The performances are pretty good all around. I mean, I think Kirsten Dunst. I mean, it helps that Kirsten Dunst is great. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, and also the the movie is like, for most of it, until it turns into a Miami Vice episode, it really almost feels like a boxcar children's story or like a Nancy Drew story or a Hardy Boys, like, or like Tintin. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, this that's is, great. It's like something that would happen in a children's, like, I feel like I read young adult books like this when I was a kid. It's like the hatchet or something. Like you crash in the wilderness and how are we going to survive? And then it doesn't end with like three dudes getting mauled by a bear and a dude getting shot by a cop and plunging headfirst off of a cliff and your mom getting shot in front of you. Oh my God. Okay. So man, let's not give away too many of the spoilers, but this movie goes to some places. There's, there's a moment when a dude gets hit by an arrow that I was just like, Oh, we're going there with this movie. It, it's there's a lot of kind of like that's I think it's like really effectively edited to be like a thriller, even though it's like <laughs> well, a kids you know movie. And at the risk of like, I guess I'm trying to not to I'm trying to choose my words carefully here to not make unfair comparisons, but I think it's more that there's just so few, um, you know, American Indian led films that don't play into tropes this is not one of those movies this definitely plays into the magical native american uh yeah tropes but yes. uh it put me in mind of um a movie i was introduced to within the last year 
this really dark thriller western horror film uh, starring Graham Greene, who is, you know, a Native American actor that everybody he's probably the most known uh, Mm -hmm. Native American actor. More than Wes Tootie? Yes, I would say so. I would say mm-hmm. so. It's close, but I I, th- I think so. I mean, um, I mean, he 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 wasn't in Mystery Men, and Wes Tootie was in Mystery Men. But I'll well, I'll concede my point. Go, okay. go on. Uh, and I also share a birthday with him. Did I say that? Uh, oh. Anyway, it's this movie called Clear Cut, where it's basically like this subversive, uh, get back at the white man. You know, chopping down the forest, like violence for violence. You know, mm-hmm, a, a mm-hmm. kind of like justice, and that movie goes to some grisly places. <laughs> um, that that like it was. It's making a point. You know, one of these kind of you know uh, pro environment. You know, uh, lack of respect for you know the white man's lack of respect for nature. But it's completely taking it to like, okay, well, we're going to use your own like exploitative genre against you, mm-hmm. and like show. <laughs> show this guy flaying you um God. you know over a campfire uh like torturing you to to make his point like it that that movie is intense and i, I only mean, bring it, it up yeah go on yeah well i only bring it up because i feel like true heart has I, I like i feel like once maybe studios got involved some of the the message got diluted and it just became a I don't know, uh, a tropey type of story, like a, a more for plot points than it is for any kind of deep message and certainly not an effective execution of that message. It just turns into kind of like respect nature. Yeah, so, so you think that there was a harder-hitting true heart that had maybe a little more heart to it before. Well, I'm not saying there's flaying in it, <laughs> but I am saying, I, I based on her background, I would say that she probably intended to go for something a little more direct, but then once it became a two children survival story, it maybe, you know, got diluted a bit. Yeah. I I don't know. Part of me almost looking at kind of her career and everything makes me think that she just was like, okay, I need, you know, I, there's, there's this amount of budget lined up to make a movie and I know that I have access to this wilderness area. What story can I write that has a minimal number of characters Mm. that can mostly be like, I kind of feel like she was just taking a Roger (laughs) Corman approach. Like, okay, what have I got? What can I work with? And I think this is a really effective movie that takes advantage of great natural special effects (laughs) and uses the environment and the actors really well. But I, Mm. I don't know. I don't think that, I don't think this is, this doesn't feel to me like the other movies we've watched where, oh, this script was floating around for a while. It feels like this mm. script was written for this for this movie, perhaps relatively quickly. Um, and it and I think it just kind of it makes some stabs at some at some larger issues. And I think that it's I think they're, I think it's just kind of going for subtext. And sometimes I don't know, sometimes it, it makes you think a little bit, which is cool, which I can't say about for richer or poorer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it made me think just about other things than the movie we were watching. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mind drifting and whatnot. I, I, but I think that this also might be a, 
a reflection of the fact that the last two movies we've watched have been both not great movies, but then also featured really kind of unpleasant characters and situations and people being unpleasant to each other. And this movie just feels kind of... Okay, not for you. Your mileage may vary if you're scared of bears, but for for me who is not, this movie felt very friendly. Just like, yeah, okay, okay, you know what? I don't don't hate these people. Like, these kids seem okay. Can well, I mean, okay. There, there are moments I, I wanna, I don't know, I don't wanna drag ZTB, our uh, super spectacular uh, MVP of the season seven, <laughs> Z- but Z- ZTB, our MVP. <laughs> but uh, you know, if this was made in '96, clearly that we're talking about a season five uh, ZTB, not a season seven ZTB. So, um, very different vintage. Yeah, there are moments when I'm like. Clearly, one of you is destined for an Oscar nomination. One of you isn't. One of you is destined for the affections of the one and only Jay Plems, and one of you is not. <laughs> um, I think that uh, that I had not really registered the fact that this movie maybe wasn't made in 1999 like it says it was, and so I was just kind of thinking like, well, you know, he's not he's not as great here as he was in the ep- in the season we just crowned him our champion for. But I think it's that. Brad Taylor was a much better fleshed out and better written character than... Yeah, these... Well, that's why I think it it really shows their superstardom. Like, I mean, Kirsten Dunst really... I don't know. She... Both of the characters are written pretty flatly, and she brings something to that character despite that. She's so good. (laughs) She's such a star. Even now, she's so good. This is yeah. this is also the second movie that we've watched that features a uh, character from Spider-Man 2, which I recently watched <laughs> and loved and, you know, having <laughs> seen it before as a kid. So it was before it was J.K. Simmons uh, doing stuff in a movie that I felt like didn't deserve him. And here, this is Kirsten Dunst doing great stuff and elevating a movie, and it's like, I'm happy that you're here. You know what? You're making this, <laughs> like, the movie deserves you, and you, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> we got to find a movie with Alfred Merlina now. I mean, I can think of uh, I can think of one. Wait, is he in Age of Innocence? Uh oh, I don't know. But mm. no one from Home Improvement is. <laughs> mm, that's that, that is a problem. Yeah. I, so okay, should we? Should we just? I I feel like we're still kind of at the beginning of this. We haven't really dived in. Uh, I gotta address the bear thing. I yes, just gotta uh, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, because yeah. listen, you're gonna be doing the heavy lifting here. I, yes. I recognize that, and I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I it was get a it. problem. It was it was a big problem for me. Uh, I I knew that this was going to be a wilderness thing. I just assumed like any wilderness movie, it was going to be like, oh, here's the the you know falling into the river scene, and here's the cougar scene, and here's the you know owl scene, and here's the you know uh, searching for food scene, um, and then you'd get like one bear scene. This the- is a bear movie, and it someone who is ursophobic like i am i i i it's hard it's it was this was the hardest movie that we've watched for me and and landon has been through it if you've listened to our episode about crazy on the outside uh (laughs) i mean for completely different reasons but yeah i mean i'm still mourning the tragedy of my previous tv even though i i'm in a 
committed relationship with a new one now. Did, did it did it kind of like was that hard for you and your new TV that it showed you something so upsetting so early on in your it was, in its it tenure? Was a, it was a bonding moment for sure. It, it's like it's like the new employee like microwaving tilapia on his second <laughs> week and just being like, "This is me. What do you think?" Um, I will say this truly is this is kind of like a superhero movie where the bear is the superhero and the bear just keeps yeah. coming back to the point that if you look at the at the poster for it on IMDb the bear basically gets fourth billing it's like pictures of <laughs> pictures and of you know what here's a here's the the extent of my my like delusion over it is i saw that poster like multiple times before i suggested we do this episode mm-hmm. and I, my brain just wiped out the bear from it. Yeah, you have Photoshop. I did, I did in not there. see the bear. You just clone stamped. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's a powerful tool in the city. If you're ever in the wilderness, I, I hope that you're and you actually do see a bear. I'm sorry to suggest such a thing. I would hope that your brain doesn't doesn't erase it from your own sight, so you actually can respond effectively to the bear, as many yeah, characters yeah. in this movie do not. This so movie, I, I, I want to just state where I'm coming at from this movie is that I'm missing large portions of it from my, my notes. Uh, like it starts strong with a plane crash. There's a lot of like wilderness survival. And then like, it's a little, there's some poacher stuff. They fall in a hole, they fall in a river. Like I I've got things to say and that ending is wild. Uh, <laughs> but there is a lot involving bear antics that I, <laughs> Uh, just, I don't know what happens, so I'm, I'm excited to find out as we record this episode. Yes, uh, well, you know, I, just, everybody just bear with me, uh, and I will, uh, I will guide us through, I'm sorry, I was, it's really a ham-fisted way for me to get that in there. Um, yeah, but no, I can, I can guide us, I was taking some notes, but the beautiful thing also is that this movie... This movie is so simple, guys, compared to all the other movies we've watched that have had lots of weird twists and turns and can, kind of pretzel logic, to, to borrow a concept from Steely Dan, uh, that it, you have to kind of take notes on a lot. This is mostly just, yeah, some kids walk around in the woods, and then only at the end <laughs> does it suddenly become very, very weird and complicated. I don't know. I, I would disagree with that, because they're, they're the, I mean, this movie just immediately starts with... Like I, I, I can't. Outside of them being twins, which I, I think is great casting. Like I believe yeah. that yeah, right it, out the it gate works really well. I have no idea what's happening. Is that I, I thought that was their father. They died. Then they're like they are completely apathetic to their father dying. I guess it was his guardian. Their yeah, guardian. Yeah, where yeah, were because... they being transported to? <laughs> like I, I, there was so much happening right at once that, uh, and I also I couldn't help because I always thought at this age. Uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst looked a little bit like the the girl from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, that when they're flying over the wilderness, the Jurassic Park theme was just playing through <laughs> my head, like the helicopter going to the island. Yeah, well, they've they've spared no expense on those. Ba- they've bared no expense actually. Uh, yeah, it's the the movie does start on page one, you know, and it, in a compelling way with this tiny plane flying over this beautiful wilderness. It's not stock footage. They actually got two planes and put a camera on one of them. But yeah, there. And so and it's it's Kirsten Dunst and ZTB in the back of this plane and these two dudes up front. And we don't really know who the dudes are. And they're both having a conversation, a long and dense conversation about like, 
logging and <laughs> and people who are like hunting and poaching in the woods below and conservation groups and a dispute yeah. over like regulations which is, which, I mean, that's why it immediately put me in mind of Clear Cut, because that's also how that movie starts. Mm-hmm. Did did Clear Cut then actually touch on any of those concepts later later on in the film, or did yes. it? Did, oh, okay. Yeah. No, okay. It, it was very effective at getting its message across. Okay, see, because here, it A, it's kind of hard to hear them in the first place, because the plane is yeah. quite loud. It's, and, it's, also, and it's also very Sorkin-esque. Uh, overlapping dialogue as they're talking about very complex themes yeah and and pretty boring themes too and i say that as someone who spends a lot of his life thinking about zoning regulations uh but yeah so they're so they they throw a lot of information at you that you really don't need that and and we don't get much about the kids but what i love is that they're like they're talking about the um i don't know uh, kirsten dunst and ztb are talking about the all the outdoor activities they're going to do when they get to Vancouver with their where their mom and their new stepdad are who they don't like we get that they don't like this guy ztb says something about he might go kayaking and sh- and kirsten dunst says hugh in a kayak and right as she says that <laughs> that's basically when the plane starts crashing so what yeah. i posit is that if she hadn't been rude about the concept of her brother in a kayak, <laughs> none of this would have happened. They would have had a very lovely mm. trip. Although, honestly, they don't seem that put out by the end of it. Their mom gets shot, but other than that, they no one really is they're, that. It's, mild, it's a mild inconvenience to be crashed in the woods for four nights as two children, basically. There, there is some questionable character development in this movie, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I especially like at the end. Because after the plane crashes, they're they're um, saved? Question mark. I, I don't even know how you would describe it. Uh, by, accompanied uh, by this character, Conanesta. Uh, Conanesta. Conanesta, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think they also pronounce it about 16 different ways in this movie. Yes. Um. So Conanesta, uh, the the um, indigenous uh, Native American, you know, uh, American Indian. Uh, person who by the end of it the their parents are rightly going who the fuck is this guy that's been like (laughs) you've been spending time in the woods with we don't trust him (laughs) and the kids are like we know him better than anyone we've seen him for three days straight (laughs) yeah yeah no that's literally his line we've known him for three days (laughs) it is the most it is the most child kind of reasoning like you know it's the it's the same sort of thing that's like i love you more than i've ever loved anyone or ever will love anyone and i met you today like that kind of <laughs> that kind of fanaticism uh, i i want to say uh so Conanesta, played by august schellenberg who is of uh he is of uh english mohawk and swiss german descent according to wikipedia but so he's so he is actually an, uh, an indigenous person he is playing a uh an indigenous canadian who are called first nations this is actually mm-hmm. to the movie's credit this is something that kirsten dunst brings up like is, she corrects ztb when he says he's an indian and she says no he's a he's a native american and then ztb actually says well what do you what do you call them in canada and that's that question doesn't get answered <laughs> but i like that the movie i like that the movie got you thinking about it they're called but yeah so first nations I, that is a line that i completely missed uh man 
What they, a good question. I mean, they just, they just, <laughs> it was like a bit of kind of fun banter between the two of them, and I, which I think, again, is what's charming about this movie. There's little moments of like, okay, I'm just kind of talking about shit, raising some, some more interesting <laughs> ideas. Well, back to our little hike. Yeah. Um, um, I, I do want to just mention August uh, Schellenberg real quick because um, I think he's most well known for Free Willy, which uh, mm-hmm. is oddly a movie I missed in my youth. It was like right – I mean I was 11 when that movie came out. I should have like been the target audience for it, but I just missed it somehow. Um, but I know him uh, later in life from two – movies on opposite ends of the spectrum he did a voice in uh the 1981 animated uh kind of sleazy movie hot uh heavy metal uh mm-hmm. he played oh, yeah. uh, nori in uh the den segment um but then also uh terrence malick's uh the new world which is a beautiful movie that i love and understand if and why people don't yeah it's um i mean he's he's had he's had quite a career and i think that I, I I'm I think he's a good actor. I mean, this is really the first thing I'm looking through. I haven't seen Free Willy either. I haven't really seen him in anything else. I I don't think this character is doing him any favors. Like, I don't think it's fair to no, judge his acting no. ability off of a character this thinly written or this just really deeply <clears throat> uh, kind of stereotyped. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird, and you know, I mean, clearly we we've seen it on the show. <laughs> already with with uh jtt and man of the house and and you know um a, a movie where wh- he also goes out into the wilderness and uh yeah. utilizes uh wisdom that he's learned from native americans to befuddle criminals so again <laughs> and, and parallels a, a few moments in wild america as well where I, there was just this i don't know what it was maybe it was like the the elder generations who were making movies going kids you need to get out of the house and stop playing video games like <laughs> let me show you adventure films in the wilderness and maybe maybe you'll be uh, inspired to go have your own adventures but there was this kind of obsession uh or or i don't know it was just in the zeitgeist uh of this you know rediscovering our roots and and like maybe not coming to terms and confronting our own past with what we've done with uh the indigenous people here but you know, at least acknowledging them, and this is how it keeps coming out in the '90s. Yeah, in this in this sense that kind of treats them as these like almost almost godlike, you know, like preternatural yeah. wisdom and uh, and and you know, noble savage is the trope that I think that, um, that, that yeah, gets called. It's, and it's you know parallel to the the trope, and you know this is the the name of it, and I don't really feel comfortable saying it, but the magical Negro trope mm-hmm, that yeah. also was happening, you know, parallel in the nineties to, <laughs> to this, where it's just like anyone, our, our, our solution was representation through mysticism, <laughs> like not inclusion, but just like going so far in the other direction to go, Oh yeah, we've ignored you. So we are going to revere you as these mystical outsiders. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, one one culprit being the Hudsucker proxy, in which the only yeah, black yeah. character in the movie is a wise old man who controls time, um, I, and and many many others. Um, yeah, so it's unfortunate uh, a lot of the a lot of the stuff, but it feels at least like at least they got an actual indigenous person in this yeah, role, yeah. and they didn't give it to a white guy with with paint on his face. So uh, ten years earlier, that probably would have happened. <laughs> And and honestly, it may have been it may have been a fight, honestly, for Catherine yeah. Siren to get 
uh, an, an indigenous person in this role. And I have to say, all of the music in the movie is performed by indigenous artists. I, okay. So, I mean, that's a so choice. So glad you brought this up. Choices she made. The soundtrack to this movie slaps. I'm not going to lie. It's the, good. the opening song, like, I, I was put into mind uh, Jungle to Jungle. Mm. And, like, just the, the very generic, you know, um, non-identifiable tribal drums mm-hmm. that, yes. that just indicate we are another movie, obviously, that takes place in the wilderness. Man, uh, there were no blow darts in this, though. That's, that's true. Um, but this one was just, like, it was – it really leaned into it. And uh, I I don't know. It just, to me, was a little wilder. I don't know. Just, I really thought the music stood out. Yeah, it it's it's a pretty good soundtrack. I it, looked that up. It I um it reminded me most of the mystery science theater film Werewolf from I think season eight, which also has it's you know set in uh, set in Arizona, a Native American country, and has a lot of like tribal drumming and stuff on the soundtrack. And so whenever I hear it, I almost automatically flash back to that. Except so it's good to hear it and be have it be in a more enjoyable movie than that one. Uh. Yes, uh, sorry. I was just looking up to see if the composer was uh, had any um, Native American heritage. Does not yeah. look like it. Mm. He is Norwegian. Well, you know, but <laughs> but again, it just it, I, I don't know. The it's still just sort of this movie. I think made a lot of efforts and did a you know they did some stuff right and other stuff. Eh, but I I don't know. I still kind of yeah. respect it and appreciate it for taking. I think a. I being less less offensively caricatured than they could have been, although they still yeah. are. There, there. I think a big difference is that there's a sincerity to this movie that doesn't exist in even something like Wild America, where you know they lean into in the wilderness scenes, uh, the the kind of honky tonk, uh, wild rip roaring adventure aspect of it. Where here it's like we're actually going to put children, you know, play the peril for peril not play the peril for wacky adventures. Uh, Honky Tonk really is the best adjective to describe (laughs) Wild America. That movie (laughs) is a honky tonk. That's the only way I can describe it. (laughs) Um... Yeah. So what? What else? What? What else is there to say about? All right. uh, well, about yeah. Art? Let me go. Let me go into some of my notes here. So, um, yeah. So as soon as they crash, it goes it, into Grizzlies. It <laughs> like, like the the as the plane is crashing into the forest, like we get all these animals looking into the sky, <laughs> like uh, Kirstie Alley and uh, or Kirstie <sighs> Alley and and Tim Allen are approaching the Amish village. Landon, I thought the same thing. This is why we're <laughs> friends. The same. Mo- all, why are these movies all the same movie? All, not just themes, but in editing now. <laughs> um, uh, there was an early moment when. I, maybe it's just you know uh, a sign of the time, and there's not a lot of like nuance to teenage performance. But um, there was kind of a moment early on where I'm like, are they, are these twins gonna like have a romantic? <laughs> Is it the hand holding? Was it the hand holding that did it? Was a little it dangerous bit of cousins kind of thing. It, it, it was a little bit like the the uh, sibling teasing, but it kind of coming off as like recess flirting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Catherine Siren has done anything for Brazzers yet, so I'm assuming <laughs> that this was not uh, well, going to go in that direction. Suited him for that. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Uh, yeah, Catherine, Ka- Catherine uh, Cyan, and everything is—it's written in blue, so you can't tell the difference. 
10 minutes into this movie, we uh, your animal bingo card is like um, soup filled. It has a grizzly, it has a skunk, it has a white wolf, it has a grizzly, it has a cougar, it has some bird sound effects, it has a grizzly. Um, <laughs> so many grizzlies. <laughs> Just so many bears right up front loaded with bears. And you know what? I got to admit, I appreciated that because it set the, just like a good horror film, it sets the tone for what to expect in terms of intensity for the rest of the film. You get your money's worth for bears. You probably saw a bear in the trailer and you are, you, it delivers. The movie delivers on that. Uh, I Mm want to also say the movie delivers on that plane crash for your inciting incident. That's a damn good seemingly low budget movie plane crash you get a lot of good coverage of this plane flying down you see the fuselage like flying through the trees Mm -hmm. and wings breaking off and was that a model it definitely wasn't cg it it just it looks good it's very well directed a very effective opening um although it's kind of undermined a little bit when uh ztp is uh rousted from his uh uh unconsciousness and um asks where the guardian is or the the pilot and uh he, he said he's dead he's just like oh well we should follow him we we should yeah. follow this, this stranger because he knows what's best for us just zero zero reverence or reflection on <laughs> i mean i i get it if it's like not the the pilot but we the audience are not a hundred percent sure that the guy lying face down on the ground <laughs> beside the plane isn't their dad and they just walk right. away <laughs> I, that's what I was thinking. I was just like, oh, my God, he has complete apathy that his own father just passed. What, what is this movie going to turn into? Um, and I'm also not convinced. I think the, I think ZTV is wearing the exact same outfit that he was wearing in Bigfoot, the Unforgettable Encounter. The kind of white thermal shirt with the blue flannel over it. Uh, do, do you think do you think they shot both of those movies like on the same mountain at the same time? Was he just getting shuttled back maybe, and forth in a GMC maybe. suburban from one set yeah. to the other? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he, get to ride on the the shoulders of uh, of uh, what's his name? Uh, God Almighty, Big, I can't even. Conan Esta. Oh, Conan. Esta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the thing. He's he's super you know tired. He doesn't remember what he's doing. He's slapping his face when he gets to set. Oh, okay. Is, am I talking to Bigfoot or am I talking to Conan Esta? Who's uh, who are these lines with? Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, their plane crashes, and then, also interesting is that I sort of expected, like, having just looked at the synopsis and and the poster, like, okay, so they're out in the wilderness, and things get kind of tough, and then this, uh, First Nations guy finds them. They open their eyes having survived this plane crash unscathed and Conan Esta is just there. It's just like, yo, what's up? You, they don't, they're not, yeah. they're not unaccompanied in the wilderness for a second. Like the moment no. their original guardian dies, a new one is produced by nature itself and is waiting to meet them yeah. <laughs> and get them off the plane. I, I kind of, I don't know. I like the, the 2022 A24 version of this where they do have a night by themselves and Conan Esta is kind of hunting them to make sure that they aren't part of the, you know, the poacher squad. And like uh, they have to deal with this kind of haunted evening, you know, this this Ari Aster, David Laurie, uh, Robert Eggers type of movie, um, which... Uh, which of the Stranger Things kids do you think is uh, would be cast to play Zachary Ty Bryan's role? I hate to say it, but probably Finn. Yeah, I know. I I don't want it to be that. Although I've I don't know. I've kind of. I mean, I was never a Stranger Things fan, but I, I've also cooled on him quite a bit. 
I I have I have as well. I would, and I don't want to be mean to a. I don't want to be a. You know. I don't want to be mean to a child actor, but he's also like I think he's like twenty now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also he could you know pay for a hit out on you, so I don't think you have to have too much sympathy. Uh, probably so. Um, yeah. It's it is yeah. There's another movie in here. There is an A twenty four movie that that could be really quite effective in a lot of ways if certain things were different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it just, yeah. So at that point, the movie just kind of becomes hiking. It's just sort of a, a long hike. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a hike to violence. Uh, now, I, Kirsten Dunst, as we've talked about already, elevates the shit out of this, but there yes. is a sort of, and, and they acknowledge it to a degree, but there is a sort of like hunter gatherer gender divide that uh, is kind of annoying. Well, that that is that is also called out explicitly in the film too. <laughs> it's called out, but then that's also just what happens. <laughs> well, yes, I okay. The, in so in that in that the movie is very ZTB is the hero and Kirsten Dunst is kind of just the the girl sitting back at camp. Is that what you mean? Well, I mean uh, to a degree, but I, I think she definitely like becomes more autonomous and and the catalyst for you know uh, uh, like when they're in the the pit. Uh, so the poacher yeah. they fall yes. later in the film they fall into the poacher's pit. Yes, and she's like, <laughs> I love the I love the poacher's pit. The, they have is... two dollars off jalapeno poppers on Thursdays. Amazing, <laughs> such a good deal. The the. Not to draw this to too close of uh, uh, current events and date this episode, but um, ZTB goes through this film learning how to hunt with Conan Nesta. He's so excited about having uh, a knife and like he sees a the very first animal they see is this white wolf. He's like, kill it, kill it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little too like gung ho and let's kill fucking everything in existence. Uh, and then this later in the film, they fall into the pit, like the the moment when they have a a, a chance to see to have his bloodlust uh, satiated, and Kirsten Dunst pulls out the knife and she's like, "I'm gonna fucking cut a poacher." It's so cool. <laughs> so fucking he's like, good. he pulls like a Josh Hawley and just is running in the opposite direction. And he's like, <laughs> "Give the poacher the knife." <laughs> this 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 is the thing. This is what I like. My, my observation is that he really, like, this movie seems very subversive in that Kirsten Dunst is constantly getting put down or kind of shunted aside, but then she keeps being assertive, she keeps doing yeah. awesome stuff, and ZTB is, he's the, the reason that shit keeps going wrong, because he's always capitulating <laughs> and giving in, and, and like, right. there are so many times when they, when when he is trying and begging her not to do cool stuff that makes the movie more interesting. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think it's a subtle girl power move from Catherine Siren. And I like it a lot. Just like the, the frenetic energy of, of a male in the wilderness and uh, just the, the kind of steady hand. <laughs> yeah. Of a well, woman. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the steady hand, but also, uh, I don't know, but also being completely gung ho and into it. Like the fact that she is threatening three poachers armed with rifles with a knife and literally like, you know, like arguing with them and not only threatening them, but 
accurately debating them about yes. their intentions and <laughs> she's spe she speaks truth to power she lectures yeah. a bunch of cops about the nature of justice like oh she's my God. so cool we, we still have so much to cover um, this movie rocks this is a good movie for cool people except for the bear <laughs> stuff i'm sorry I'm, i'll make a i'll make i'll make a no bears cut for you landon it'll be 22 minutes long right. and you'll love it I, I want to get to the poachers. I want to get to the cops. I want to get to Michael fucking Gross, who's in this movie. Oh my god, such such a <laughs> such a disappointment that there's not more for Michael Gross to do. Fucking Michael fucking... Gross, who at one point one hundred percent brings out Bert from Tremors. Um, I, yes, yes. <laughs> I, but I honestly but... was kind of hoping more for Dad from Family Ties. But I just wanted him to be a little more of an eccentric liberal. <laughs> Let's. I, I want to. Okay. Okay. Um. Just so that I am caught up and I know kind of where we're going in the meaning of things, because I have to admit, we're talking, we're doing a great job of talking around the bear content. But what I, the, is the 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 thrust of this bear thing? <laughs> and I, I have to I have to ask. It's fine to talk about it as long as I'm not watching it. The is grandfather a bear? What is grandfather? And what is this mystical Kodiak that they're talking about? What it's what is its purpose? What does it do? Tell me the bear content. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me break it down for you. Okay, grandfather, who Conanesta talks about in glowing terms all the time, is yes. a Kodiak bear. He is a huge ass freaking bear who is. Uh, I don't Conan like it. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it's not great. Should I use a code word other than bear? Is no, there a safe I just want it known that I don't like bears. Okay, yes, they are. Not, yeah, Landon is anti-bear. He is. Um, he's racist against bears. Um, so, so grandfather. Uh, we are told via flashback early on. Grandfather had a twin sister who, like Kirsten Dunst, was quote stupid and uh, did whatever she wanted and wasn't careful. Uh, oh, there's an echo. I like that. A little I, little I, reflection we, of we the twins. A, we we hint at the subtext, my lord. Oh. Uh, so, uh, so grandfather's sister gets uh, caught in a bear trap by a group of poachers. These are the poachers who are the antagonists of the movie. The poachers torture her to try and draw out grandfather. Uh, in the process, they kill her. They okay. then are ambushed by grandfather, who mauls Wait, they, them. They kill grandmother. They killed grandmother. Yeah, they killed the the, okay. the lady bear who's grand grandfather's twin sister. I, um, I don't think it's PC to call her lady bear. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, uh, dame bear. Um, <laughs> so grandfather kills all the poachers uh, except for one whose arm he just rips off. That last one gets away. Uh, and then ever since then, that one-armed poacher has had a vendetta and is trying to kill grandfather. And grandfather is mm. just out in the woods doing bear shit. And oh, Conanesta, so that's why he has a hook for a hand. Yes, exactly. He that's okay, from his okay. yeah yeah. It's like it's a whole flashback thing. And mm -hmm. Conanesta, I guess, is just sort of like the bear's representative among the humans or something. <laughs> Except he never it engages with any other humans. He doesn't so, seem to like people. He so has, yeah, I mean, yeah. Th there's a whole. I, I, that's a very undeveloped part of this movie. But um, the the. Because the the whole time Conanessa is trying to get the two kids to a place called Black Rock, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And once they, that's the the climax of the movie. Once you know the parents come to the picture, we'll get to that in a second. But there's this kind of um, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. This like hollowed ground uh, where the you know there's all these uh, totems of 
you know, the tributes that they pay reverence to. I'm trying to you know, find the yeah. the correct terms I, here. I, but. I cannot for the life of me remember, and I could not spell the, the actual, like, tribal name that he has given to this okay. place. It's just like a sacred place that but is, is it, secret. Is... Because the the final shot of the movie moves up one of these poles, and we see the carved picture of a demon, aka a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but am I to Subtext. believe that their their whole uh, tribe or is kind of uh, so, you know uh, built focused. around the idea of re- revering the bears? Yeah, I think it's sort of a sort of a build a bear tribe shop situation. Yeah, they're <laughs> okay. they're really right. they're they're so, I think. Yeah, I think they're bear people. Okay, so Except, it's it's a it's kind of a monument to grandfather the the whole Black Rock uh, place at the end, the sacred place. The sacred place, I believe so. Yes, but also we never see okay. any indicator or hear any mention that that there's a tribe that he belongs to. I mean, or that he ha- like his he mentions that he had a wife who yeah di- who was captured by the poachers and. Okay, you know what? Let's get into this. He had a wife. He tells this to the kids. He had a wife once. The poachers captured her. And then while in captivity, she killed herself uh, by cutting her throat. <laughs> Dark. PG-13 children's movie. This dude you've PG. met. Relative- <laughs> PG. No, yeah, PG. Movie. Yeah, no, not even PG-13. I'm sorry. A P- it has... It'd be PG-13 now. I f- I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It, he, yeah, he tells this to these two kids just... It, it's very this movie will go to it will get very real but then it will come right back up to just kind of plucky kids having a little adventure and it's which again i kind of find charming in a way (laughs) i mean okay yeah i i don't want to distract from conanessa's backstory but uh (laughs) like we go from from like actual peril to this uh fall of ztp tripping over a rock and like uh i don't know if you remember in the movie they live when oh, rowdy piper gets a bottle to the back of the head and does a forward flip through a plate glass window and rolls down a hill yeah like his fall off of this cliff into the river is like a wild stunt and just like goes from a a maybe a, a moment that has a tone of i don't know three or four to like He's flying through the air like the uh, van and Dumb and Dumber going over a, a bump in the road. Like, like he is flying through the air. He's he's flying through the air towards a body of water like the kid in Mac and Me when his wheelchair goes off the cliff. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's yes. And, and it's great because ZTB has been surprised by a cougar or a mountain lion or something, and you think that Conan, you know, Conanesta is coming over to try and deal with the animal, and you think that that's going to be the thing. And then it's just one insert shot of ZTB's, the back of his foot hitting a rock. And then you are just into a whole new crisis. The movie gives you no warning. It is very effective. Close, close up of his foot. And then just a wide landscape shot of a stunt man, like doing a backwards flip off of a cliff. And, and again, not like, not some CGI bullshit of it. A man no. jumped into a river for this. It's really good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it gets, that is kind of the height of the actual nature peril in this movie, though. Other than the river, it never is, I mean, I guess part of this is because they spend, uh, 75% of their time in the forest with a expert guide, but they, it's never that that hard to find food. I feel like you're, 
I feel like you are are actively, uh, uh, I don't know, protecting me, maybe. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but there was uh, another peril scene that was a jump scare for me where Kirsten Dunst is near the riverside uh, by herself and uh, across the river a um, terrifying beast appears. Oh, I, I see. I had to go, oh, yeah, I need to find the J-screws to put into my number one board here. Uh, so that I can secure this uh, this side table. I, I see. Yes, yes. You're not talking about peril so much as barrel, which is a very oh, different thing in this movie. No, 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 Landon. No, I like at first it started as just a dumb play on words, but then I thought about it and I think it actually <laughs> it actually is its own thing. I'm coming up with this on the fly though, so bear with me. Sorry, uh, but I think that barrel in this movie is different than peril because when a character in this movie is in barrel, there is a bear present and they are scared of the bear. But the bear clearly has no intention of hurting them, and you, the audience, if you're not ursophobic and can watch the scene without crisis, it's kind of clear that the bear, that this is the chill, friendly bear who, uh, like, no who Conan Esta knows. I know. I mean, in the fan- <laughs> don't, be, in, don't be, don't be misled by movies. In, in They're the all fantasy- fantasies. No, that's what that's what Grizzly Man is about, right? I haven't seen it, but it's all about this <laughs> oh, man God, who meets it, one really chill bear. <laughs> That is maybe my worst nightmare movie. Well, I mean, this seems to be your worst nightmare movie at the moment. Um, So there are a lot of scenes, like multiple times, like this movie gets a lot of mileage out of, oh shit, there's a huge bear, oh, what do we do? And then the bear looking at the kids, and then the kids being scared, and then the bear looking at the kids, and the kids being scared, and the bear turning around and loping back towards the tree line. And and (laughs) they play that card a lot. So to me, those scenes kind of got erased from my memory, not as a self-defense mechanism, but just to make room for other data because it was useless. Like, I get the idea. There's a bear, but <laughs> he's right. chill. Well, then what about, okay, I'm just going to go into the, like, because it, it, watching a movie like this, it's impossible to not catch a glimpse of a bear. And so I just want, you know, this is where your Patreon dollars are going toward. Yes, this is bear your Patreon <laughs> My, my therapy for, for dealing with this. Don't you dare make a bear-a-thy, <laughs> joke um oh landon if only you could see my lips purse it was on it was on the tip of my tongue fucking knew it i shouldn't Um, i i I should have saved it i shouldn't have made the original (laughs) pun and saved it so i could do therapy go on um okay so what i'm wondering if this was the 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 flashback that you had mentioned but the scene of the poachers killing a bear that's caught in a bear trap yeah that's the flashback I caught the the beginning of it and then just listened to a lot of it and like wh- what let's use that as a a way to get into talking about these poachers which I have about 10 zillion questions for. Uh, yeah, th- these these poachers I have uh, they just have a weird incentive structure, I guess that I don't fully understand. I mean, is it I, that there's the the Leader who is uh, dangling the threat of uh, an unhinged uh, child rapist. Yeah, that's <laughs> as as a threat to get what he wants out of people. <laughs> is that is that yeah. part of the the weird hierarchy you're talking about? Yeah, you know that was part of the weird the weird thing. I, like, or you know, I think I would also include whichever gunman sees a what while firing on a family and forcing them to take cover when a woman runs out waving her arms saying please stop they're my children he in cold blood 
with just the with her. just just like a you know like an IDF sniper targeting a Palestinian yeah. teenager just just zero <laughs> remorse God. zero thought it's, don't it, tell dad mom got shot yes I mean it's it's a shocking moment in this movie <laughs> it's it's really again zero to a hundred dark yeah. stuff like some you know you one minute you're telling your mom which side of a tree the the lichen grows on the next minute she's getting <laughs> shot by a thoroughly deranged poacher. Bullets and arrows are flying in that scene, but you just don't expect mom to run out and get shot in the arm. So quickly, so quickly. <laughs> you see her run out, waving her arms, and you think, okay, this is going to turn into a parlay. Nope. Bam. Like, it's like it's like Barry from the HBO series Barry is up there. He's such a good shot. Um, but the, so I, the thing about these poachers, why I don't understand their incentive structure, like we're told that that the kodiak bear like its paws and its pelt whatever like this is a prize Mm -hmm. bear it's very you know it's a rare bear one might say many people care about this bear and to and it'll be it's worth a lot of money on the black market but um so it's it's supposedly worth a lot of money but i don't see how a single bear pelt and some like trophy paws how how does that justify like murdering children in cold blood right. like why okay Let, torturing people this. to get information out of them <laughs> okay so I, I just want to get into the logistics of this for a second we have a poacher squad of four or five weirdo weirdos that yes. are murderous you know bloodlust people yeah uh okay that have a flashback how far ago do you think the flashback was really hard to say because the only point of reference I have are the bears and I can't tell how much (laughs) younger grandfather is in the flashback how many more gray hairs he has Uh, it seems to be a couple years ago I don't know maybe three years a couple years yeah they're not like children when this happens they're hunting one Kodiak bear for five years for five people is the the black market for bear claws so lucrative that it can sustain a livelihood, not only of the five years for those five guys, but then whatever is going to put them in the, the, you know, back in the black in their ledger. Like it has to sustain them for years beyond this. I mean, maybe this movie takes place in some kind of alternate history where bears are the ultimate form of currency. Well, actually, (laughs) at one point, no, this actually comes up. Actually, I have something to support this. There's a scene in this where uh, uh, there's a scene in this where where they've been captured by the poachers. Spoiler alert. Who? The uh, kids? The kids have been, yeah. Well, yeah. Who else? The bears have been captured by the poachers? That's not how it works. when When they're tied to the post? Yes, they're tied to the post, but okay. he he says this uh, is post poacher post poacher pit post poacher pit. Yes, after after ZTB has has capitulated to the poachers, uh, the poacher yes. capitulation. Um, <laughs> uh, so the the, the I like wordplay when it's not about bears. Yeah, yeah, that's when you can bear it. Uh, the 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 one armed poacher who's the leader is is you know like grilling them, trying to get information out of them. The kids have been tied to this post. And he, they they say that, you know, oh, Conan Esta's going to come back. He's going to bring the cops and the rangers. And he dismisses them and says, you'll be lucky if he doesn't trade you in for one of his precious bears. And that suggests to me, wait, is there, like, is that an option? You can exchange, like, he, like that doesn't seem <laughs> to be on the table. There's, there's trading like, a... Trading a, a- 
convicted Russian arms dealer for one of our Olympians. Uh, yes, like that. Someone's been someone's been watching the news. Someone listened to the Daily this morning, or like, or just like, hey, I've got you know, or like in the Muppet movie when they trade in the two beat up cars for the for the brand new car, which Fozzie yeah. says, oh, why don't we trade in these two cars for a new one? And as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's an option. You can do that. Like Dumb and Dumber when you trade in the van for the moped. And, and totally redeem yourself. So, but like the fact that he says that that seems to be on the table, he'll trade, you know, he'd trade you in for one of his precious bears suggests to me maybe there is a bear-based currency and also a children-based currency and ch- two <laughs> children Christ. are worth one bear. What the fuck is going on in Canada? I, d- I don't know. I really, we have I really to, don't. We have to ask the microphone carnival guys. Yes, they, yeah, they can, they, well, they, I, if I were them, I wouldn't want to talk about, about that sort of stuff. I wouldn't want the outside world to know. Um, they could set the record straight. It also, true, it also, these poachers, like, at this, it, when they're having this discussion, they have captured the kids, they've tied them to a post, they want to know, basically, where Conanesta is and where the bear is. And they're going to torch them to get this information. But for me, the way I'm looking at it, I don't know, what are these kids going to say that's going to help you guys? They don't know the area <laughs> at all. They probably, right. even if, even if Conanesta told them where he's going, the kids are going to say, what, he's over by the tree? And then also, <laughs> also, like, they're asking where the bear is. Well, the, 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 they don't know if the bear's going to do bear stuff. The bear's just They've out been doing... In the- like wh- they've been in the wilderness for three days. Yes, exactly. They know I- these woods better than anyone. <laughs> I'm in love with these woods. Um, so I so I just these Conanessa po- is our new parent. Yeah. Fuck you, stepdad. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The river is our mom now. I don't know how it works either. Um, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that the the lead poacher tells them. Uh, Conanesta doesn't care for people, just animals, rivers, and trees. That's those are the three things. <laughs> those that's all that he cares. And you know he does. He does. He really seems to. It, animals definitely seems to be in first place. Rivers, trees, distant second and <laughs> yes. third. Like he likes them, but not nearly as much as he likes animals. Chiefly bears. I want to uh, take a a drastic change of tracks here and talk yes. uh since we mentioned mom and dad uh about michael gross and uh uh oh my god day young i yes. almost forgot her name uh day young the day probably young. most most uh most well known as snobby saleswoman from pretty woman mm. the 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 woman who denies julia roberts uh uh you know the uh, luxury buying on Rodeo Drive. And and typecast because in this movie she tries to deny her children the joy of going back out <laughs> into the woods to pursue armed violent criminals and bears. I mean, look, I am not usually on board with parents, but in this particular case, uh, I think you should listen to children, but I think there should also be a pretty distinct line in the sand of saying, oh, you want to go back in the woods and face off with a group of murderous incestuous pedophile poachers no thank you the the parenting in this movie is legendarily bad and i'm i'm normally not in the <laughs> position to make judgments but in this case i th- i think that any objective person could say this is some of the worst parenting i have ever seen here's and, my question though unfortunate cuz michael gross seems like a great dad otherwise well, that, that's my question. I wasn't sure by the end of this if Michael Gross was the stepdad or if, like, this was a, oh, God, our kids are in trouble, uh, the the 
reunion of, you know, mom and dad proper. It would be pretty fucked up if there was a reunion of mom and dad proper, given that their biological father is dead. So that would be... Oh, that's a, right. I mean, th- this movie takes a lot of turns at the end, and it gets kind of fucked. So, I mean, add a zombie. I don't care why. We've traumatized the kids already with all the shooting. I mean, Danny Danny Glover played Bigfoot in Wild America, uh, so I'm not... I'm not opposed to adding a little supernatural element. I, again, that was a real honky tonk move. <laughs> um, yeah. So the pair. So the the movie basically they after they get captured. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's a scene where grandfather the superhero bear shows up for like the fourth time and the kids are in barrel but the uh, the poachers are in peril and he mauls one of them and the rest run off and. Uh, they toss. The knife, like what one of the friendly poachers tosses a knife that Codonesta had given ZTB back to him, and then Kirsten yeah. Dunst takes the knife and uses it to cut them free. Another example right. of like the knife has been bestowed upon ZTB, and at the end he is given it like it's his trophy. But but Kirsten Dunst is the only one using it to do good <laughs> shit. Like otherwise ZTB just carries it for her. He's just like a he's just like a glorified walking sheath for the the weapon that she uses. But they yeah. they get they get free. And at the, roughly the same time, the parents have gone back to the crash site for the plane with, with a couple cops, and that's where yeah. Conan Esta has found them, and the parents and the cops now have taken a helicopter to Blackrock, the logging town, or the logging camp that the kids are trying to get to. Right, and they arrest Conan Esta. Yes, because they, yes, because they have found in, there is a, there is a lean-to near Blackrock that Conan Esta says, that's, that's my place, I live there, and they arrest him because they yeah. just found a bunch of animal pelts and dead, and dead bear cubs They think there. he might be one of the poachers. Yes. They, in and fact, they believe that he, he might is. Have, and that he might have uh, information on where the kids are. Yes, exactly. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess reason enough to take a guy in for questioning. Um, yeah. But so, I do. I, one, I do. I, I don't want to backtrack too far. But I, one point I forgot to make about the poachers is I was, and this is a big separation point between something like this and Wild America, where the poachers here aren't bumbling. They no. are like they're played for real. Like they are a severe threat. I mean, clearly they shoot mom yeah, <laughs> at the end of it. They're they're kind of they're kind of like the Marines in Aliens. You know, they're like kind of a tight <laughs> unit. They each have a personality, and they definitely are morally dubious. Yeah, um, it would be a much different story if, like, uh, uh, you know, they were the bumbling idiots of um, Richard Portnow in in uh, Man of the House. You know, if, like, suddenly yeah. those people who got, like, a beehive stuck on their head suddenly pulled out a gun and shot one of the main characters. Yeah, there's none of the kind... This isn't a movie about hijinks uh, in in right. the woods getting the bad guys. It's not like Home Alone, we're going to make cute little right. traps. It's it's like, no, we're going to hope that the cop shoots them before they kill our entire family. Yeah. Uh, and Which is why the kids should have had guns. Oh, God. I want to talk about... Well, listen, there's... The solution of gun violence by the end of this was kind of hard to take, but um, releasing bears. One of the highlighting, uh, one of the highlight performances for me in this movie is the the lead park ranger. I guess he is uh, played by Ben Cardinal, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ranger Simon Black Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really really liked. Uh, I don't know. I, I he felt real to yeah. like. I don't know. I I know him mostly. 
I've seen a couple of other, other movies he's in, like Walking Tall with The mm. Rock, which I don't remember at all. Um, but I he played uh, John Johnny Foley in Unforgiven, and mm. uh, he is still working today. Uh, or actually, I should say, he stopped in in 2012. It looks like, but oh. um, he's got a pretty robust uh, filmography. He was very memorable in uh, Unforgiven. I'm just looking through a few of his things. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's best known for um, the family western, How the West Was Fun, starring oh. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I was wondering how the West was fun. I anyway, I just I really liked his uh, his performance. I thought that uh, y- you know he brought a new energy to it. Like there's so often I would expect you know in a sort of wild America type of movie this character would be the the epitome of the authority not listening to the youth, like mm-hmm. just completely denying and adding an you know uh, uh, irrelevant obstacle or or just kind of like. Yeah. yeah, I'm having a hard time articulating it, but like he he plays a good moderator of like listening to the kids, listening to uh, Conan Esta, listening to the parents, trying to like feel his way through the situation. I, I know he's he's kind of being honestly what what law enforcement should be, which is kind of like yes. level headed, like neutral, nonviolent mediators. I mean, ultimately, he does yeah. kill a dude, but in self defense. I yeah, yeah right. no, I it does feel like. Yeah, it feels so different from so many kids' movies where the cops are saying, like, now, excuse me, you're, well, let's just slow down here. What are you saying? <laughs> There's a bear out there. He's called yeah, Grandfather. Right. Get a load of this. Yeah, like, he's... And by the, by the time Conan Esta, uh escapes from the jail and they go out looking for him on uh, horseback... Like there's a there's a shot of him, um, of the ranger, of, of Ben Cardinal, uh, out there, like, riding on on cliff's edge and looking you know for basically tracking him and i'm like man i would have watched a syndicated you know usa show <laughs> about about uh you know ranger simon black crow yeah, it's ba- basically due south when chips, you think about chips it. in the woods oh man i love chips in the woods if you've been camping with me you know how much i love chips in the woods <laughs> um yeah so they so basically the the parents and the cops Go to the yeah. go to the logging camp in their helicopter, and they lock up. Um, they they lock up Conanesta, and then at that point, there's this discussion of like, okay, well, the kids are still out there in the wilderness. Conanesta says they're alive. Mom is saying we got to go out there and look for them. And Michael Gross and the cops are very much like, yeah, I mean, it's almost dark, honey, and I mean, it's so <laughs> big out there. There's so much space. Yes, why don't we was just it go- Michael Gross that that's like, yeah, I think we should get a good night's sleep. I mean, you know, the kids they'll be out there. Yeah, what are they going to do? They've only been in the woods for for three nights, and now they're completely (laughs) unaccompanied. And we know for a fact from Conanesta that there are violent criminals and bears infesting the woods. But it's just, nah, you know, hon, I just, it's... (laughs) I don't know. They're just they're just treating it like I don't know. Like they're they're trying to decide if they want to wait in line to go into a restaurant or not. It's like ah, you know, it's twenty minutes. You know, Olive Garden's right over there, babe. Why don't we just yeah. come on get the soup salad and breadsticks? Uh, I, I want to talk about Michael Gross for a second. Um, yeah, well, this let's film talk for a million seconds. <laughs> this film was filmed um, right next to Tremors Two, mm. uh, so mm. it's hard to say whether or not he walked off the set of True Heart and just immediately started growing his Burt Gummer mast- mustache, <laughs> or whether or not he walked off of Tremors and shaved it to do this film. <laughs> um, but it was released very shortly before Tremors Three: Back to Perfection. 
Oh God, yeah, they they really went back to the drawing board a lot on the on the uh, Tremors <laughs> franchise. I, I I like though that this is. I mean, you can kind of see him trying to play against type already, or the type that he was building in his film career of like, no, I'm not going to be a wild outdoorsman. I'm just going to be a really cool dad who can hang. I don't know. There's like, you've got the the liberal, you know, professor professorial type of uh, um, growing pains. And then he goes the complete opposite direction in Tremors and being like a gun-toting conservative, you know, uh, gun nut. He was on he was on Family Ties. I just want to oh, family ties. clarify. Yes, Th- thank and, you. I always and, get those two confused. Uh, you know, it's it is easy to sometimes get the name of one thing mixed up for another thing, even if you blow a huge joke in yeah. the process the way someone else did earlier in this podcast. That's all I'm saying. Those those two shows are basically the Bill Paxton, Bull Pullman of sitcoms. Anyway, so then he goes he goes into that conservative character with Burt Gummer on Tremors, and then mm-hmm. this film kind of feels like he's splitting the difference, and he's just like a you know liberty feeling you know like a libertarian here, like yes the environment, but also the civil liberties of being able to own a rifle and shoot people if I have to. Yeah, I'm really just kind of more of a free thinker. Like I don't really like associate with <laughs> with either party. Like I kind of vote for both parties. Well, mainly Republicans actually. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean though. They're trying to they're trying to play him as both you know not not. You know he's he's clearly smart, but he's not a dweeb or anything. He can he can ride a horse right. around and uh, knows how to handle himself in a fight, and is very and, and so look the the kids. Wait, do you have more to say about Michael Gross? I mean, we can. No, yeah, I, I, I have more to say about him. parents entering a gunfight. Okay, good. Okay, so let's get to it. so the kids. The, okay, so they're, they're like, ah, let's not look for our children. We'll just see what happens tomorrow <laughs> in the morning. And I'm like, okay, so now we're going to, now we're kind of deep in the third act here. So we're going to get, the kids now have to survive a night on their own in the wilderness yeah. without Conanesta there to help them. This is going to be a test of everything they've learned. No, we get a crossfade of some caribou walking across a moonlit stream. <laughs> it's daytime and the kids walk into the camp. I guess everything was just chill. I guess they found a holiday inn. <laughs> From what I understand, caribou are actually more dangerous than bears. <laughs> but uh, you know, they don't well, they don't look like the, demons. The, the kid, but we don't even see the kids seeing the caribou. The movie is just telling us there are caribou. They're I not know. anywhere in relation to these children. I, I'm just acknowledging the own my own irrationality when it comes to my fears. But uh, uh, you know, Landon, I am. If you see a, if you have two paths to go down, and one is blocked by a caribou, and one is blocked by a bear, which path are you taking mm, mm. i mean i would take the caribou path i don't want to be yeah everyone yeah, because be bear. bears are fucking terrifying demons yeah uh, yeah two 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 roads diverged in a yellow wood and i took the one that didn't have a bear <laughs> at the end of it very very logical poem um so the the kids just walk into camp uh, yep. And their parents are just literally chilling out, drinking coffee with the cops. Not really any urgency, <laughs> like, let's get going at dawn to find they're, they're their having, children. They're having brunch. They've got, uh, I don't know, screwdrivers. They're having <laughs> champagne breakfast and just uh, you know, doing fondue. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a football game on TV and edible arrangements <laughs> has just been delivered. Oh, ki- kids. Hey. Oh, my God. It, well, you're, you're just in time. They're about to do the kickoff. Um <laughs> Yeah, and also this logging camp, it is like it, it is what it says on the tin. It's just a bunch of mm-hmm. warehouses and buzz saws and stacked up logs and just random people who seemingly just live by their buzz saws. It's just like <laughs> a single logging camp in the middle of nothing and one cop or two cops who always just sort yeah. of chill there. 
Uh, I do wonder how far away this is from Twin Peaks and whether or not they're supporting uh, the lumber industry there. I, I mean, yeah, well, it's probably, honestly, that automatic uh, that automatic saw from the, the opening credits of Twin Peaks <laughs> probably put all these dudes out of business and they had to go to yeah. Canada to get, to get jobs. Are they also uh, smuggling drugs in the logs that they're taking over the border? I mean, I you know this this these woods are already lousy with poachers. I'm sure they're also lousy with smugglers. <laughs> to hear to hear the Hardy Boys tell it, po- uh, poachers and smugglers were the two biggest uh, criminal syndicates in America. But yeah, so the kids get into camp, happy yeah. kind of reunion with their parents, which feels a little bit more like like oh, our kids just got back from summer camp for two weeks, unless like I I thought <laughs> right. you were dead. How are you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And. There's actually there's um there's there's a moment their their mom is is you know hugging them and reacting to them coming back and she says you know they're they're talking about how they they hiked all the way there and she says I can't believe you walked all that way you're heroes <laughs> oh my god yes I I I log that line as well that was like to me like the epitome of a trailer line. Like they they had to jam something in there for the marketing, but like the bar for heroism is pretty low at this point. If oh, you God, if, yes. if you get hero status for a, a long walk, like I get that they were in that <laughs> yeah. they're kids in the woods, but uh, anyway, it, it is it's very much like you know the the RNC conventions where Josh Hawley's walking out as like a true American hero, mm-hmm. uh, and ignoring the fact that he was running away. <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> through the halls of Congress, he was he was running from he was running from uh, actual peril, I guess, not just a barrel situation. Yeah. So then they find out that Conan Est is in jail and they talk to. Oh, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think we need to break down what happens here too much. I mean, I, I think the, I, the 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 slow jam that needs to happen is the, the weird logic of like the kids realizing Conan Est has been arrested. Yes. And then he's escaped. What I don't understand, and maybe you can explain this to me, because I have to admit, I was about, I was putting, I think, the uh, the uh, uh, protective cushions on the bottom pegs of my furniture at this point, so it didn't scratch my hardwood floors. Yeah, yeah, we all know what that euphemism means, am I right, folks? I've put some protective <laughs> cushions on some pegs of my furniture before, when I'm alone. Uh, why... Why the the imperative to go out and find Conanesta? Like he's survived all this time on his own with the poachers out there. Yes. Like, and the whole point was for Conanesta to get the kids to the thing. Why do they suddenly have to turn around and go? We got to find him and help. Did I miss something with that? I no, you really didn't. Like the they okay. they go to the. They they go to the shed. They find that Conanesta has somehow escaped. We never find out how. It was locked up tight, and they immediately yeah. say he needs our help. But it's like, yeah, no. You what are you two kids? Like, he ha- he he spent the last three days single handedly keeping you from dying and teaching you yeah. shit. You going back out there is not going to make his life any easier. <laughs> and they're making this argument that they need right. to go find him. They need to go help him with the poachers and their parents. And, and it's. This is where the the like arc of the movie kind of fails for me. Where I don't know, it just it's not very, it's not very steep. Where yeah. like he's he's so ingrained in his own ways, and like he's not too put out by having to to you know look out for these kids. I mean, he's kind of annoyed by it, um, but it's it's not so it's not so drastic of a disruption to his life he, that. By the end of it, like, there's this, this is why this part doesn't work, and, like, it should. 
is there, there's this whole thrust of him going back to the helicopter and where he gets arrested mm-hmm. was because he was going back to look for this locket that Kirsten Dunst lost at the beginning of the movie in the car in the the plane crash. Yeah, it was a locket of her father who died. Yeah, and so he goes back to find it and gets arrested. He goes back out, and when he he is gone for a good portion of the movie, which is why the kids want to go back out and find him. Mm-hmm. They get in a shootout slash arrow out. And um, <laughs> they could shoot an arrow. <laughs> it's a shootout. It's a shootout with arrows. Okay, Larry right, David okay, flailing okay. his arms. Uh, at, the, at the end of the shootout, and everyone survives except for the poachers, uh, Conan Nessa gives Kirsten Dunst the locket he found again. So, like, yes. there's this, this whole idea of him, you know, kind of, I don't know. It doesn't work, and it should, yeah. because there, there's, like... It, this moment is like a, a, a bonding slash redemptive moment for Conan Esta to show how much he cares about the kids. But I, I just he feels pretty apathetic to the kids the whole way. It would be different if he like hated them at the beginning and is like, man, you're fucking up my shit. Uh, and I got to take care of you because I'm a moral person and not the antagonist of the movie. Yeah, but it, really, he's just like, oh, you're here for a bit. And now I'm putting my life on the line to get this locket for you. And during a shootout to give it to you doesn't quite make a lot of sense. One never gets the impression that Conan Esta really had anything else to do that week. He just, like, <laughs> you don't really know what his life is when he isn't yeah. shepherding a couple kids around. He seems to mainly just hang out and think about bears. <laughs> and Especially and he like doesn't... If, if he's anti-poacher, like, why... Is he anti-killing? Like, is he just kind of, like living a life on the fringes of these poachers like why doesn't he he's had like four or five years from this flashback why hasn't he killed the poachers why hasn't something else happened to like i don't know resolve that situation he is clearly like the predator in terms of his mastery of his environment and ability to completely outwit numerically superior forces like he 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 could have killed these dudes Eight o'clock, day one after uh, after the grandfather's twin sister bear was killed. Like he, I don't know why he hasn't because and, well, and it's even so in, easy in for five, him. In five years' time, why wouldn't he? Uh, um, I, I don't know. Like he has enough time at that point to put together some sort of, uh, uh, you know, man of the house. Uh, home alone sort of shenanigans for the poachers to fall into to scare them. I mean, he has enough time to basically create a whole mythology of a ghost bear to scare away the poachers. <laughs> you know, pull a Scooby-Doo on them. I, I mean, look, that 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 entails a pretty large, like, social media public relations campaign from this <laughs> one dude who I probably doesn't even have Wi-Fi. What the Wi-Fi. fuck else is he doing, though? I mean, okay, well, that is, that is a very good point. He is, I mean, I guess thinking about bears takes up a lot of your time. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, he, yeah, no, he never seems, it, there's nothing he seems to be sacrificing to hang out with these kids. Uh so I don't quite understand the connection. It's just like, well, you're yeah. here. I guess I guess I'll we'll all walk in the same direction. Um, there's a, a an IMDb trivia uh, that I want to um, call out. Yeah, and uh, I, this is under the every once in a while on the the IMDb trivia at the very bottom, you get into spoiler territory. territory. There's a big red font that says warning spoilers so Mm -hmm. i'm reading that one there's only three bits of trivia for this this is the warning spoilers trivia i think we've spoiled the film enough but this could even be shocking this is the only film 
in which August Schellenberg appeared with Kirsten Dunst and Zachary Ty Bryan. What? Shit, man. I mean, it's like, how do we go? Like, that's, that's, I don't know how you go on living and podcasting after, after having a knowledge bomb like that dropped on you. Because, because they kept, they kept making vehicles for Kirsten Dunst and Zachary Ty Bryan and Mm -hmm. a stoic, uh, indigenous person to have adventures. Like they made like 15 more of these because this one was so big. It's amazing that they never cast him again. Um, so for uh, some previous movies, I pulled out letterbox reviews, but I think for this one, I want to, because there's only three of them, I want to talk about the IMDb goof section and see see what you think about these three goofs. Okay, give me Ready? three goofs. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay, this is listed as plot holes. Uh, when the two kids cut themselves loose from a rope tying them back-to-back to a tree, it's obvious they could have wriggled free from under the rope. Mm. It was loosely wrapped around them as they sat with their backs to the tree, nothing else was tied, not their hands or feet, so they could have easily gotten out from underneath. It, honestly, at one point, before they cut the rope, it kind of looks like one of Zachary Ty Bryan's arms is already out of there. This is really all-time <laughs> bad not work from these poachers. Yeah. Um, okay, next one is labeled continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the plane crashes and Conan Esta finds Sam and Bonnie, the twins, Zachary Ty Bryan and Kirsten Dunst, uh, Sam played by Zachary Ty Bryan, has a line of blood trickling down the right side of his face as the trio mm. begin their adventure. Just about a minute later, the blood is gone. Yeah, I mean he's got he's got super quick clotting, you know. He's got uh he's got that <laughs> he's got that that super blood. They they crash very close to a river, so I, I'm not opposed to in one of the, the time transitions that he wiped his face off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just uh, kinda dunked his head under I mean maybe maybe falling in the river is what washes it off. <laughs> okay, factual errors. A Hand-drawn star map shows the handle of the Big Dipper pointing to the North Star, oh, we which is about in that. the Little Dipper. Mm-hmm. And Conanessa describes using the Big Dipper to find the North Star as shown on the map. This would not work. Actually, the two stars in the front of the bowl of the Big Dipper point to the North Star. The handle points to various directions depending on the season, but never toward the North Star. Mm, yeah, they took me right out of the movie when I saw that, honestly. <laughs> We, we do well, look. We do need to talk about this sudden turn towards an uncharted video game slash an escape room. <laughs> so the, the, yep. And the and the insane parental logic that that takes us into it. The they okay. <laughs> yes. The kids basically, you know, having found him missing, the kids say we got to go out and find him. Parents and cops say, no, 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 that's insane. And then Michael Gross, their stepfather, goes, actually, what if we did? What if we went back out there? The kids, this means a lot to the kids. They seem to want it. What if we go back out? I mean, look, he's a stepfather trying to raise his own, you know, uh, uh, vantage point in their eyes. Yeah, his own stock. So, um, you know, he's going to make some some illogical decisions here th- th- to the point that that CPS needs to get involved. It's one thing if it's like we're taking him to we're taking him to Burger King. It's another thing. If it's like, hey, have you kids heard of cocaine? I think you're going to love it a lot. Remember that I gave it to you, your stepdad. Like, I mean, like, Dick is his name. Uh, Dick's Dick's backstory is that he works for DCF. So <laughs> I don't think uh uh he's gonna he's gonna bury that paperwork i yes that's i guess that's true um so but they yeah he he basically says oh they really want it he helped them we should go help him 
and and basically convinces mom and the cops are just like yeah fuck it whatever yeah what like the one cop the uh uh sergeant um ranger simon black crow ben cardinal's character agrees yeah. to go out there with them the other cop is like yeah i'll just stay here and wait for backup to get in and and michael gross <laughs> is literally saying like yeah we'll go out there we'll scare off the poachers we'll find him it'll be great i and a poacher who, <laughs> despite losing his hand, is still out there with a rifle shooting anything that comes in his way. A poacher who they know has, like, tried to kill their kids. And they're like, let's go out there with him. These two... the. And and the, the cop would look at this and sanction it. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of poachers out there hunting a master, you know, uh, uh, na- nature uh, guy. Uh, master nature guy. I don't know. I'm a survival expert. We, and we, we've passed the hour and a half mark. I think that's the best we're going to get out of us right now. Yes. Yeah. It's getting hotter in my apartment. And uh, and I already I at minute one, I blew the name of the main actor in this who was on the show I've been watching for five years. So it was never going to be great, guys. But this this idea that it's like, you know, what's really going to help right now is two malnourished children, two bureaucrats and one cop with a revolver on horseback. Who, as is pointed out, and I've got my finger in the air to make a point, uh, isn't even showered. Yeah, yeah, no, they haven't. I don't even think they. I don't even think they eat or anything. <laughs> mom, mom says you can't go back out there. You're not even showered. <laughs> you, you can't go back out into the filth. You'll just get more filth on you. Um, it's <laughs> that was one of the weirdest objections I've ever heard. I mean, the whole thing is objectionable. There's so but much like to object the reason, to. Not. not not let's go back out because there's deadly homicidal maniac poachers out there, but you haven't showered. Let's not go back out there because we have literally nothing to gain and everything to lose <laughs> and will not contribute positively to Conan Esta's situation in any way. Yeah. But just, you got a little stank on you. <laughs> But the but so the way that they they figure that okay Conan Esta is probably going to the sacred place and but then the cops reveal that I guess at some point in the movie and I who wasn't assembling furniture missed this Conan Esta <laughs> in describing the sacred place says some riddle that reveals its location and then oh that's right I don't know if he showed this to the kids or not but the cops then. You know, back at the at the logging camp, ZTB is saying, "Oh man, I can't remember the riddle. I wish I wish I could remember it." And then the cops show that, "Oh, I guess Conan Esta had it with him, like written down on a piece of parchment in perfect English, clear block letters." This is Conan Esta who speaks in broken sentences and barely, you know. Oh like, boy, yeah. At, and so then it yeah it literally becomes an escape room of just all of them crowding around in a series of of tight close up shots right. and kind of trying to discuss what these different like cryptic statements could mean michael gross pulls out you know uh uh, matthew reeves uh batman and just like he knows exactly like uh oh this 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 stanza probably means uh a time of day when the sun is setting yeah and the 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 sun is hitting a rock in a specific way maybe it means that the black rock <laughs> that they, I, you've been heading toward this whole time. It's it is it is nuts. It is a massive massive leap. But he's a cool stepdad, and he's right. And he's right. He's been in he's been in this <laughs> valley for like twelve hours, and he's the master of the place now. 
listen, I am not opposed to Michael Gross uh, perhaps taking on the mantle of the Dark Knight in a uh, Dark Knight Returns scenario mm. uh, where we get old Bruce Wayne, uh, who has been psychologically traumatized by years and decades of fighting crime uh, against people like the Joker. So, yeah, let me see it. I initially yeah. wanted uh, Nick Nolte for that role, but, you know, uh, I think Michael Gross can unleash some 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 wildness on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, after his bravura performance here, you know, you, you, you know that he can, he can, I have to, I, how am I going to beat the Joker this time? Hey, uh, uh, orphans of Gotham City, hey, everyone in this children's <laughs> hospital, go out there and just go out into his, his maze full of traps and just go looking for them. I'll kind of be over here, and if you see him, blow your whistle. <laughs> endanger yourselves it'll be cool wouldn't that be fun guys um so yeah so they just go out in the woods and then this is this ancient sacred uh first nations site sacred ground that has been hidden from the prying eyes of history since time immemorial and this white family cracks it in about 20 minutes and they find the place I mean, the poachers also, you know, uh, pop some some bullet holes in in the surroundings. Well, tr- true. I mean, w- but that's once they've once they've found the place like that. So yeah. you mean so that the the poachers were able oh, to find? Oh, well, I see. You say cracks it in terms of like finds it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I they, you yeah. They, they literally show up and like crack the place in half, which they also do. Oh no, no, no! I just mean they crack the like the the ancient secret of where this place is. No one can <laughs> right. figure it out. Two malnourished kids. They found the mounds of Pet Cemetery really exactly. quickly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and probably you know, on on the walk back, they're going to trip over Jimmy Hoffa's body, and that'll be another mystery <laughs> solved. And and actually, Dick is uh, Dick is DB Cooper, so uh, yet another Ooh. mystery. Cro- cr- <laughs> just cross them off the list one by one. These kids nice. are masters; they're putting the Hardy Boys out of business. <laughs> the sequel's going to find the 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 missing flight. That uh, oh my god, I've already forgotten the name of it. Oh wait, uh, 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 MS three seventy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's well. That's their flight home. In fact, um, <laughs> bad luck for these kids. But they meet a lot of interesting people when they are rescued from their plane crashes. Um, I think we need a uh, twenty-two years later sequel to this movie <laughs> where CTP is just traumatized and will not get in a plane again. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's you know that could be Yellow Jackets, depending on how season two pans out. Um, oh, there you go. So yeah, but so yeah, they get to the they get to the the burial ground or the the sacred yeah, place. I mean, we, we've covered, the, we've covered the shootout, the burial ground. I mean, I don't even think it's a burial ground. It's just a sacred place, but um, yeah, they, I, I think we've covered that pretty, pretty significantly at this point. Uh, all I would, I just, just for clarity, just for basic purposes, the, sm- the poachers have followed them there. They start just shooting at them without warning. And then yeah. uh, grandfather bear plus Conan Esta defeat. Oh yeah. The, I love uh, the, the, uh, the poachers and yeah, they all get mauled. How, except how, for how did that come down? All I saw was uh, Conan Nessa shows up, and he's um, his his arrival is uh, presaged by a an arrow, you know, kind of like Captain uh, grabbing the the Thor's hammer, like a a cheer cheer moment of like the arrow hitting the 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 totem and everyone going oh my god it's Conanessa, he's arrived to save us uh yeah yeah again uh, it's know, it, yeah brought like, an arrow to a, a gunfight but he but does he has he teamed up with uh grandfather or do yeah. they arrive separately because i have to admit that's when i looked away they're, they're they're kind of always on the same team like basically 
grandfather starts attacking and that's one thing that's happening but then also arrows are hitting (laughs) they're attacking the flanks yeah like like michael gross has stolen a gun off of a dead guy who the cop shot and then he's going to shoot one of the other poachers and the poacher is going to shoot him and then an arrow hits the tree and the guy's like what but we don't even see conan esta shooting the arrow we basically see to my knowledge, we see exactly one arrow hit one tree, and that's supposed to signify to us that Conanesta is taking part in this event. But really, Grandfather Bear is doing most <laughs> of the heavy lifting, by which I mean, okay. by which I mean, shredding three men, mauling them in front of these children and their families. No. Um, yeah, but then yeah, but then Conanesta, af- you know, in the aftermath of the fight, Conanesta comes out and the kind of reunites with them briefly to say goodbye. Cool. And well, okay, okay, so. <laughs> I'm also, their mother has been shot in the course of this, as as we've yeah, mentioned a was, few times. Yeah, we, we've mentioned that already. But, but also, uh, Co- Conan Esta also gets gets shot in this movie in basically the same place. And getting shot in this movie is really just a mild passing annoyance. It doesn't really. It's not that big of a deal. It's it, yeah. everyone's good. It's like a scratch. Well, except for earlier in the film when Conan Esta shoots one of the poachers in the chest with an arrow. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Uh, he, he legit kills someone halfway through this movie. Okay, and also I, I should point out that when that guy gets shot in the chest, that first poacher walking across the river, he his death face is just all time perfect. His eyes bug out, his <laughs> mouth is hanging wide open, he face plants yeah. into the running water. Oh, just uh, Oscars, Oscars, Oscars. <laughs> but yeah, so you know the kids, the kids witness uh, in the course of their four days in the wilderness, the pilot and their guardian die. Uh, we're yeah. looking at basically five poachers die. So they've seen like seven people die. Their mom gets shot. Several of those people yeah. have been mauled by a bear. <laughs> these, these kids are, are coming back different. That's all I'm uh, going to say. Yeah. I think that, uh, <laughs> uh, Sam ZTB probably goes on to, uh, be the father in, uh, Deborah Granick's leave no trace. <laughs> <laughs> the like uh the vet who's out in the wilderness with his daughter just like living off the grid just i can't deal with society anymore i've seen too much trauma in my life we have to stay away from society yeah yeah i i get it's that. a it's a perverse it's a perverse inversion of uh of conan Esta's lifestyle <laughs> he learned all the wrong lessons um oh <laughs> Also, I'm sorry, one other thing I have to say. So the the cops had er- earlier arrested Conan Esta because they found pelts and dead bears in his place. Mm-hmm, the kids mm-hmm. allege to the cops, no, the smugglers must have framed Conan Esta. Conan Esta would ever do that. It's an open question as to what the verdict is on that. Then yeah. after all the shooting, they the kids tell Conan Esta, you're free. You can go. Yay. And the cops like, yeah, you know, like they you didn't do it. We all did. like it. So Conan Esta leaves. <laughs> And the cops just let him go. The, the one cop there lets him go. It's like nothing about what happened here exonerates Conanesta. No, like you don't no. know. And because all the poachers are dead. Well, I guess you can interrogate the one living poacher. Like maybe that. But like this is a matter for the courts, not for one I, kid I, to say <laughs> you're free. I know. I know. That's the kind of like white kid privilege that these 90s films had at the end of their films. It was like we need to tie things up in a true in a in a. A nice little pretty bow. Uh, so let's just forget justice and and go with, uh, you know, uh, one kid saying, "I I don't press charges. He's fine. I vouch for him. He's my responsibility." But also, goodbye forever. I'm never coming back. Uh, yeah, it's it is a it is a messed I, up justice system. My my main questions, my lingering questions from this film are mm-hmm. basically 
the we've touched on them already is what was life like before the plane crash in these wilderness in this wilderness where this it almost feels like a, a game like if the poachers were framing Conanesta, like they have had five years to find one man and kill him if he if they know where his camp is to frame him why wouldn't they just wait and shoot him in the head <laughs> it's like it's like the entire thing is like an elaborate wait, is, is wait 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 is the thing that they're hoping that are they like trailing him hoping that he will lead them to grandfather it, it well if so a he's probably hung out with grandfather a few times in the past five years and b right i, I mean that's real commitment on their part to trailing a guy through the wilderness for five years and then also commitment and like stupidity on Conanesta's part as a master yeah. tracker to not know he himself is being tracked for five years yes. <laughs> The other part of this is, like, I want to know the, like, day-to-day, hour-to-hour dynamics of this poacher group. Like, what do they do? What do they talk about? Do they share their deepest desires with each other? I mean, well, that's maybe that's why they know that that one guy has maybe got bad intentions if he's left alone with the kids. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think— Why that... are they okay with that? Like, what, what's, what are the circumstances that lead them to be okay with having that guy in their group? Yeah, again, what are the circumstances that, that make them think this is the only, like, the the money that we will get off of one bear pelt split five ways between us is worth every single moral compromise we as as men must make. Be You know, yeah. killing people, torturing animals, shooting at cops, like, like all of this, all of this is worth it for, for yeah. I, this our cut of the take of a single pelt. I, it, that's they. They must just really love poaching. I think that's it more than the money. I think they're. I think every last one of them has made a personal commitment in their heart to poach. <laughs> well, there, there's one. I don't know. Just one kind of connection I want to make here is we didn't really talk about the actors who play the poachers, but the main guy, the main poacher is named Quint, which I have to imagine is a Jaws reference. But yeah, seems if you like. look at his uh, uh, picture on IMDb, his, the actor's named Tom. McBeef um <laughs> it's funny to me that in his main picture uh which I believe is probably from Stargate uh SG1 mm-hmm. he's wearing what looks like a bear pelt <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty he's good. got a, a big fur on uh and it's just like oh so the poachers won in the end uh, yeah, well, I mean, it looks like he's playing a king in this one, though. I, I mean, I think he's got, like, a crown on, and that's like a... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what the currency of bear pelts will get you out in the Canadian wilderness. Uh, yes, exactly. You can you can be crowned as their king. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Weird stuff happens when you leave the city. That's yeah. That's my big, uh, that's my big takeaway. But all in all, yeah, let's go. Let's go into final thoughts here. All yeah. in all, I this was a pretty enjoyable movie. Really? I mean, when when I completely block out the way that I do when I look at the poster, uh, you know, um, any of the unspeakable content that's in it. Yeah. You know, we, every time you look at that furniture, you'll think about the state of abject terror you were in when you built it. <laughs> you know what? That's true of. The, the computer chair that I built while watching Antichrist. I did every time there was like a loose screw on it. I'm like, I wonder if I didn't screw the screw on the bottom of this chair tight enough because I was trying to avoid looking at her, uh, you know, self-mutilation. Uh, yeah, well, you know, every every time the, the screw falls out, you just hear a, an evil raccoon or fox whispering, chaos reigns. Um, that is one of my most used gifts. 
<laughs> I, I like this. I like this movie. You know, it's not a great movie. I don't. It's not even really a good movie. I don't think I'd watch it again. But it's you know, it's it is a pleasant little experience. It's fun to watch. Goes down easy. You see some pretty stuff, and you and yeah. I and I really kind of like every actor, and I think that all of all of the poachers are all having a real good time chewing scenery as like pro wrestling level evil uh, <laughs> bad guys. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, they certainly don't have any depth, but no, they're, they're, no, I don't know. I wouldn't go like professional just, wrestler level with it. I mean, they are just playing evil poachers, but they got menace to them. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's any campiness to it. Oh. Okay, I'm, um, I don't know much about wrestling. I'm just saying they are being very, like, they're being sort of campy and sort of over the top. I'm not saying they're being pro wrestlers. I'm sorry to impugn pro wrestlers and suggest that they would ever poach. <laughs> I know Macho Man Randy Savage would never hurt a bear. Well, I don't know. I, as I, as Tope boys have kind of uh, uh, taught me, um, what I didn't know about the personal lives of wrestlers are things that I wish I'd never learned. So uh, I, I kind of wish I could go back to just uh, admiring them as the superheroes of my childhood and not as uh, ultra right-wing conservative uh, gun-toting, yeah, uh, wackadoos. Who, who, who could have guessed that getting punched every day in the face for a living would, <laughs> would have some adverse effects on one's personality? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, True Heart, um, yeah, if you can, if, if you can bear it, uh, I'd say, uh, a solid, I don't know, give it a two and a half out of five, probably. Two, two and a half. I think that's, I think that's exactly what I gave it on Letterboxd. Yeah, two, two and a half, uh, two and a half bears, which is basically five children, if you, if you, uh, you know, play it out with the exchange rate the way the movie does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that this is maybe upper echelon in the movies that we've covered on the show no um, doubt without it's, question it's above uh undue influence it's oh, below yeah. leprechaun four in space yeah, but that's for a you, personal for bias yeah that is a personal <laughs> bias uh yeah i'd say um i, I like I'm reflecting fondly on Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter, and I think it's that's my favorite. In, I wouldn't say that's the best movie we've covered. No, but no, we're not judging my, them on that. Like, how no, much, but yeah. it, that's the one I'm most fond of do, uh, doing so far. That one was, yeah, that one was pretty fun. I did like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, so this is, I think this might be second to that one. Although, and I honestly, yeah. I have a, I do have a lot of affection for Man of the House. I, I, I hate to admit <laughs> it's it. It's the went. It is I the Wendt. I I know. I it's my memories of it are just a collection of fond George Wendt, you know, goofing around clowning bits and <laughs> and I kind of gloss over the fact that he's wearing a Native American headdress for a bunch of those dance yeah. scenes. Yeah. Um but yeah, I yeah, I I'd say a top tier uh movie that we've watched, although it will be displaced uh when we do Galaxy Quest. That's going to immediately shoot to number 1 for me <laughs> if we do Galaxy Quest. You got to oh. behave. <sighs> oh, behave. <laughs> well what do you say we get out of here uh you can watch true heart on tubi if you want to i guess we should have said that at the beginning i think you did uh after listening to this i can't imagine you want to go and watch it um because we have talked everything to death we have been talking much longer than the movie exists so yes bad us uh, I don't know when we'll be back, uh, probably in two weeks. I don't know what we'll be covering because we're <laughs> recording things and releasing it out of, uh, out of, out of order, uh, out of whack, out of order. So, um, all I guess I'll say is I'll go into our, our normal outro, which is to say grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you want to help us to, uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, want to help us create the show, 
and pay for my my therapy uh consider becoming an official grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod you can leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps people find the show and we want new people to find the show for our last season yes um Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntWorkPod. We will be coming much more active on there in the coming weeks Woo! as we gear up into Season 8. Uh, or you can visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com where you can find episodes uh, of our show and listen to this episode again if you want to. You can yeah. find all kinds of fun stuff there. F- fall asleep to it and every night. Until next time when we bring you another bonus episode of Home Improvement. Nope. Home improvement related content. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. La- <laughs> I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, when you're getting on a plane and you're going to be flying over the woods for an extended period of time, it doesn't matter where you're going or what you're doing. Just pack your bag with a lot of useful stuff. Like pack a satellite phone, pack water, pack <laughs> lots of, of bandages, whatever drugs you need. Just I've seen enough extra media underwear. recently. Extra, lots of extra underwear, and um, you know, and I don't know, probably two or three lockets. So if you lose one. You don't have to send some friendly guy back to to find it for you at great personal risk.